Attention wealth builders. Are you tired of feeling stressed and overwhelmed when it comes to money? Do you dream of financial independence and creating a life of abundance? Well, I have the solution for you. Introducing Simple Wealth Online, the ultimate course that will transform your relationship with money and set you on your path to personal wealth and financial freedom. Simple Wealth Online is a go-at-your-own-pace course that provides you with all the tools and knowledge you need to manage, save, and grow your money. From creating a wealth strategy to maximizing cash flow, crushing debt, and even generating residual income, this course covers it all. The best part is, this course is designed to be simple and actionable. No more confusion or overwhelm. With Simple Wealth Online, you'll have a step-by-step -step plan that takes you from where you are today to building personal wealth and achieving your financial goals. The time is now to start building your wealth and creating the life you deserve. Visit financialimpact.com simple. And if you sign up today, not only will you get a special discount, but you'll also get the audio version of my best-selling book, Simple Wealth, plus a guide of 111 ways of making additional income in 2023. Say yes to yourself and join Simple Wealth online today. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Wealth Trifecta, where we explore all things health, wealth, and happiness. This podcast is designed to uplift and ignite your journey to financial independence and lifestyle design. I'm your host, Holly Morphew, personal finance expert, accredited financial counselor, and life enthusiast. True wealth is the convergence of health, happiness, and good fortune. And what I love most about wealth building is that it doesn't matter where you start. What matters is that you start. Wealth is for everyone, and that includes you. You're listening to The Wealth Trifecta, where we talk all things health, wealth, and happiness. I'm your host, Holly Morphew, and today we're talking with Sabrina Victoria, CEO of Human Better 365. Sabrina is a speaker, certified mentor, entrepreneur, and woman on a mission, author of Envision Your Best Life, 90-Day Planner, and creator of Catapult Your Life in 365 Days, she focuses on time management and organization as the foundation of life. We had an awesome conversation today about transforming the negative stories of your life into lessons that will serve you. This woman has been through the school of life and her story will inspire you. From being excommunicated from her church in an abusive relationship to being broke, a single mom, and having nothing to her name, she has built and co-built multiple six and seven figure businesses in her lifetime. Sabrina shares some of those with us today, and we also get into time management and how it is the catalyst for all the things we want to create. I loved this conversation so much, and I know you will too. Let's go to the show. Welcome wealth builders. I am so excited to be with you today. We have a very special guest and she is going to share with us all the things Sabrina Victoria. She is an entrepreneur at heart. Her company human better 365 is the catalyst behind her community, her nation. She focuses on building confidence, finding your voice, and stepping into the real you. Oh, I love that. Sabrina works closely with solopreneurs who are striving to hit six-figure years in order to help them build out the structure they need to streamline their time and take their income to the next level. 
For over a decade, she has strived to give people the tools they need to rise and human better. She's a speaker, author, host of Her Version podcast, founder of Sober Society, and has built and co-built multiple six and seven figure businesses in her lifetime. She now dedicates her life to helping others rise mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically in order to find real wealth in their lives. Sabrina, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. You have had such the life story. Like I was just reading your whole bio going back way, way back. And I can see how all that you have been through and you have been through some major things in your life, major, like it sounds like the school of life really taught you. Like you really stepped into it and you were like, I'm going to learn from every single thing. Does that sound right? Not on purpose. (laughs) Not on purpose. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So share with us, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got here because you are a very successful woman with so much to offer and we have so much to learn from you. So just give us a background of, you know, where your story really begins. Yeah. So I was raised as a Jehovah's witness. So I've been selling since I was like five years old, door to door. I started out with selling religion and everything was fine until teen years. You start rebelling, you start becoming boy crazy. And I ended up pregnant. I ended up pregnant at the age of 20 years old with no husband. And when you are a Jehovah's Witness and you do something like that, it's a huge no-no. I wound up getting kicked out of the religion and my life just kind of spiraled from there. I led the whole single mom stereotypical life of no money, totally broke, negative $172 in my account at any given time, eviction notices on my apartment door, car getting repoed out of the parking lot, sinner unworthiness, total despair, hopelessness, suicidal thoughts, wanting to kill my baby, postpartum, and ended up in a very toxic relationship. I did that for about eight years. Until, you know, one day I was on the floor in the bathroom in the dark, having a total mental breakdown for real. And I always say Google saved my life. I pulled out my phone. I Googled, why is my boyfriend bullying me? Because I didn't know any other vernacular other than why is he bullying me? And Google told me that I was in a toxic narcissistic relationship and informed me about verbal abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse sexual coercion, financial abuse, and my eyes were opened. I stepped into power. I read everything, listened to everything that I could possibly listen to. I opened up a secret bank account, a secret storage unit. I started three online secret businesses. It took me four years to collect $50,000, which does not seem like a lot of money, but for me, it was a million dollars. And I escaped one day. Uh, My son our clothes and my bicycle. And I started all over from scratch with a mattress on the floor. Oh, there's so many things that resonate with me about your story. And one of them is that you knew that there was something out there that could help you. And so you had the, the idea to ask for help, to open up Google and say, why is my boyfriend bullying me? And I feel like asking for help is the first step to transformation. What, what would you say about that? Yeah, 100%. What's so funny about you saying that is I remember the epiphany that I had when I was 
in the bathroom and this actually happened. I was like, you know how you Google everything? Like you're ever out to dinner with your friends or your man or whatever, and they ask something. And instead of like back in the day where you used to have like use your brain and like think of the movie star that starred in that 1992 yeah. rom-com. And now no one does any of that. They're just like, pull out their phone immediately. You look it up, you know the name of it. You don't have to use your brain yeah. at all. And I actually had that epiphany while I was on the floor of, I Google everything. I asked Google every single thing that's like nonsense, that means nothing. Why have I never asked Google this question, like this hard question of what is going on in my life? So yeah, 100% ask. And, you know, unfortunately for those that are in toxic or abusive relationships, one of the red flags is they keep you isolated. So because I was isolated, I had no friends. There was a lot of jealousy in our relationship. I didn't have anyone to ask. So Google was my outlet. So yeah, for those that are struggling in any way, you know, we now have answers right at our fingertips. I want to go straight into something that you've created that is just a wonderful, amazing resource, Sober Society. I love that first of all, that, that the door is open to have these conversations around sobriety and what does that look like for people? In my own experience, alcohol is a slippery slope. And I remember when I was in the midst of transforming my own life. And again, I don't have the dramatic story that you have, but of course we all have our own story. And I remember one day I came home from a very, very long day of work. It was like 9 or 10 p.m. And I poured myself probably three or four fingers of, it was either vodka or gin or some clear alcohol, and I just chugged it. And I remember in that moment, that this was my first moment that I thought, this is not normal behavior. Like, that was my first thought, like, this isn't normal. And then my second thought was, why am I drinking so much? Like, why did I just pour that much and then want to drink it fast? And, the, and my answer was, because you want to escape. And then, of course, I followed the questioning, well, why do I want to escape? Because I want to numb. Well, what am I trying to numb from? And that's when I started to realize that I was using alcohol to cope with feelings that I didn't want to face. And so as I started to face those things and I did stop drinking for, I think my goal was a year, but I think I lasted, I don't remember, a few months, which I was proud of, even though I didn't last the whole year. But I remember someone saying to me, Holly, if you're struggling and someone puts their hand out to help you, then you have to take it. And I thought, wow, that's really powerful. And so let's talk about the Sober Society. How does that support people and who joins the Sober Society? This is tough because we're transitioning right now. I'm big vision. So I'm always like, go big or freaking go home. So I'm looking to compete. I'm looking to compete with AA. You know, the, the reason Sober Society started is because when I got sober 17 years ago, so I'm sober 17 years, my fiance's sober 16 years or something. And he did the traditional route of detox rehab AA. I just stopped drinking one Saturday. I don't even know what it was. I just, when it was, I just know that my son was about one or two. He's now 19. So it's like somewhere around there. 
But anyways, when I met my fiance about five years ago, he introduced me to AA. He's like, there's this whole thing of like non-drinkers. I'm like, what? There's a whole community of people that don't drink. I didn't even know this was a thing. So he introduced me to this world and I was really heavy in my personal development arena at that moment, or still am. Like I was already fully, I had my business rolling. I had curriculums. I had all this stuff. And I didn't see mindset in AA. I didn't see heavy communication. I didn't see NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. I didn't see any modern day ways of helping and didn't necessarily appreciate it. So it was actually one of our very first large arguments between my, my fiance and I of me just not appreciating it at all and AA being like basically his savior. So about a year in, we, after me just drilling it in him, I convinced him to start a company called Sober Society or a community called Sober Society. Basically what we are on a mission to do is to create an identity outside of alcoholism. So AA, when you sit in AA or uh, Narcotics Anonymous or Sexaholics Anonymous or Codependency Anonymous, CODA, you sit in a chair and you identify as an alcoholic. Very first thing you do, if you want to raise your hand, you want to say something, I would have to raise my hand and I would have to say, my name is Sabrina and I am a... And when you are identifying continuously as something that you no longer want to be, you hear yourself. So sober society is all about creating an identity outside of that. And who are you really? Because you are no longer that. So we do events, we do retreats, we do a program. The program's actually right here on my table right now because I just had a client of a different way of doing it, different way of thinking that's modern. You know, we're in 2023. We're no longer in 1930s. So we updated it. I love that. And I love the community aspect of it. I feel like we learn the most and the most deeply when we're together in community doing group work. And it's amazing how one person's story can resonate so much with another person for their own healing. So I love that you do that and you have the Facebook group. It's really awesome. So thank you. Thank you for being a steward of this very important work and showing people that we can socialize without alcohol. And I also love something that you just said about in AA, you identify as something. And when I think about identity, at least for myself, I found a lot of freedom in my own creation and in my own work and knowing that every day I'm new. And that I'm not the same person today that I was yesterday. And I don't want to be, you know, I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to have, let's just say permission to continue to evolve and grow and not have to hold on to the mistakes that I've made in the past or who I was in the past, but know that I can become whatever it is that I want to become based on an idea that, that I might get from someone or something. So I also saw that you have a master certification in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. So I love NLP. I have, it's something that I've wanted to study. I haven't made time for it yet, but maybe you can give me some tips on how to make time because you are the time queen. We're definitely going to talk about that, but let's talk about NLP. Why, what is it and why is it important? NLP is all about reframing. I mean, if I'm going to just shorten it, condense it down, when you go to training for it, I mean, training, if you get real 
honest training. It's weeks, months long, but it's reframing stories from your past to benefit you. So you have the stories anyways. And for some reason, we decide to associate negative feelings with all of our stories. So for instance, when you and I first started talking here in the podcast, you opened up with, you have a lot going on. You've had some stuff happen in your life. And there are so many women who have a very similar story to mine who are not in a good place. They're in a dark place. They're in a woe is me place. They're in a victim mentality place. They're in a place of blaming their parents, their religion, their past, their exes, their abusers. And NLP helps to reprogram neuro-linguistic programming. So it's a reprogramming of the brain to view our past stories as things that are gifts. What did you learn from the story? So I have become so good at this now that when I am in the middle of a challenge or a struggle, the victim mentality lasts seconds versus days, weeks, months, years for some people. And I can flip myself out of victim mentality into what is this situation teaching me right now and or this situation is necessary for me to go through because there is something bigger coming for me in my future that I have to be prepared for. Mm, that's so powerful. And so you have created some very successful businesses and companies in your life. And one of the ways that you have done that, and not just because you've reframed the situations in your life to help you and support you, but you also are very good at managing your time. And I know that when you were in this abusive relationship for many years, that you also were running his companies and they were in his name. Yep. And <laughs> so, so many things that I want to get into with you because, you know, building income from scratch, it, it can be really fun and it can be really empowering. So I do want to talk about that, but let's start at the very beginning. Let's start it you know, how did you build these companies? How did you discover that you're very good at managing your time? And what are some things that our listeners can do to better manage their time to whether it's create more income or thrive in their life? Yeah. So I, my time management started with my dad. My dad had to be 15 minutes early for everything. If we weren't 15 minutes early, we were late. So, you know, I remember even leaving for, for church and, or Jehovah's Witnesses call it the meeting. And if we, if the meeting started at 9.30 and we got into the parking lot at 9.28 and it would take two minutes to walk to the door, we were not going. We would literally, you know, sit in the car. He'd be like, we're going to breakfast. And we would just, we would not go. We would not enter. He would rather not go than be late. So from a very early age, I was very time oriented just in general because of him. And it's just how my brain works. I'm very methodical. I'm very calculated. I've trained my son to be the same exact way. 
he, his brain works very similar to mine, but how did I build the businesses? Why did I build the businesses? So I didn't start out in the business that I'm in when I was building these businesses early on 10 plus years ago, I was in the health and fitness industry. I started out with yoga and weight loss and eating healthy. I was a vegan at the time, no longer vegan, sorry. And I started my first little, like little tiny web pages, you know, my little tiny sales pages. I had no idea what I was doing. And remember I had to do it secretly. So I couldn't be all loud and proud. I had this little tiny YouTube channel and this little tiny Instagram and was learning how to tag and was learning how to do all of the things that you have to do in order to, to run a, a business and open up the secret bank account to have money dropping into it. And then simultaneously, I also opened up an eBay account. I also opened up a Fiverr account. So while I was being a coach, you know, like a health and fitness nutrition coach, I took my NASM certification for nutrition and also was marketing. So on Fiverr, because I had the camera to do the YouTube videos for my nutrition company, I also used that camera to uh, do marketing videos on Fiverr for other companies. So I marketed myself for, you know, starting out at $20, then raised it to 50, then raised it to a hundred, then raised it to $300 for just small little videos that I would do for other companies as testimonials or as reviews, recommendations, intros for podcasts or YouTube videos or their website and kind of just started pulling money in from there. And then as far as eBay goes, I was flipping, selling our own clothes, our own toys, our own stuff. I like to say that I had like a little garage sale inside the trunk of my car at all times. So I would figure out what people were buying. I'd throw everything in the trunk of my car. I had tape, envelopes, bags, puffy stuff in the trunk of my car. I drive to the post office, package whatever needed to be packaged secretly, drop it off at the post office. So I had three little tiny streams of income just dropping into my account at all times while I'm being mentally, emotionally, sexually, and financially abused and being told that I'm stupid all the time. And also while I'm running this company that we're building together, um, that company went from just over two to 300 a year when I met him to well over a million. When I left him, we had six offices in four different states, five houses paid in full, 12 cars paid in full, zero debt. And he was killing it. Everything in his name. Wow. It takes a lot of courage to walk away from that material stuff, especially in this world. Oh, goodness. And it, what I really heard woven in to your story about the multiple income streams is that you were willing to start exactly where you were. You looked at what do I have the capability to do right now? What could I potentially sell to make a little bit of money? And so that number one, that you were willing to hustle and to work for it. And number two, that when you started doing the work on Fiverr, as you prove to yourself that you were good at this and people started recognizing it, you were then able to increase your prices. And you started thinking about, well, what are some other ways that I can monetize my presence on Fiverr? We, you know, I've got the camera, why not do this, this, and this? And I just love that. And it sounds like you started to just attract 
the business that you needed so that you could take the next step into whatever it is that you wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. And that's the I tell this story of the very first thing that I ever sold. It was on the first store that I opened was eBay. So the first, first money that I made was on eBay. I listed all of my son's books. And the very first book that I sold was how to give a mouse a cookie or something. And I had it up on for bid on eBay. For those of you that know that, you know, eBay has bidding where you can bid for seven days. It sold for like $2 and 74 cents. I can't even tell you how freaking excited I was when that, like, cause they take a little bit off the top. So I got like $2 and 32 cents dropped into my little bank account, which it already had a hundred bucks. Cause you have to open it with something. But I was like, what? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I just couldn't believe it. And the reason the story is so funny is because I'm learning, right? I have no idea what I'm doing. And this is why people don't do things because they're like, I don't know how to do eBay. Neither did I. So when I posted all of these books, I put on there, not knowing all the little switches and flips and things, that I would pay for the shipping. So I made negative money on my very first purchase. I had to, I went to the post office, I'm all excited. And literally it was like $3 and 50 cents to send it. And my, my enthusiasm went from like, oh my gosh, to like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) But this is the learning that you, until I did that, I would never have known. So, so many people stop in the tracks of like, I don't understand the shipping. So I don't want to do it at all versus just taking a hit of $2 in order to pivot your entire life. Your entire life. It just starts with taking action. That's it. Oh, wow. And you also had, and maybe you still have a, an upcycling fashion design company you find that I saw that and I was like wow we are into so many of this so many interesting things that are that are important to living in a sustainable society and really taking care of our impact on the planet and so I when I saw that I was like wow yeah. I want to know more about that what inspired you to to create this fashion design company yeah so that open this is like something that I have put very little time and effort into just to be completely transparent. It was COVID. My businesses had all tanked because all the coaching that I was doing was one-on-one and had no idea how to do virtual at that time. So one-on-one meaning I would go to their house. So, or we would meet in person. Yeah. I've always been interested in fashion. I've always been interested in design. And I came up with this just brilliant idea of bringing women in who are interested in fashion, who maybe can't afford fashion school, hiring other women who know how to do all the sewing as volunteers to teach these other women who want to be designers, maybe single moms, moms in distress, abusive relationships, whatever it is, they're in an entanglement, they can't get out. How do you teach them how to make money? They're interested in design, sit them in front of a sewing machine with recycled clothes 
and make something, make something absolutely beautiful. And to sell those items for a high ticket price in a boutique that is high design, you know, like high fashion and out of this world. So it's still something that's near and dear to my heart. It's still something that I plan on doing, but it's just been pushed off to the side. So I've tried to take it off of most of my stuff. Apparently I had it and it's sitting in the works, just like everything else. I've got a thousand things on the plates. I hear you sister. <laughs> As someone who also has many ideas, I have to remind myself that just because I have an idea, I don't have to follow it. <laughs> but what I, <laughs> but what I love about you, Sabrina, is that you're not afraid to to listen to your heart. And it really doesn't have to be perfect. It can just be something that we do because it fulfills a creative outlet for us. Or maybe it's because we want to make money, or maybe it's because we want to save the planet, or maybe it's because we want to give people opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise. Like that's all, uh, those are all good reasons to start a business or another stream of income. So I want to learn more about 90 days to your best life. (laughs) Yes. Tell us what can we do in 90 days that can help us live our best life? Yes. So I have a planner called Envision Your Life, 90 days, 90 day planner. And basically it is all of the ins and outs of basic time management slash how not to procrastinate. So one of the things that I teach very heavily is in your life, when you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to everything else. So what are you saying yes to? So, so many times we're running around the world, doing all the things, super, super busy, telling everybody you have no time. And then at the end of the day, looking back and recognizing that you didn't really do the things that you really should have been doing. You were doing like a lot of things but not the things that are actually pushing you forward with your health, with your relationships and with your business, just like busy work. I like to call them zombie tasks. So you're like, you're doing a lot of stuff, but you're just kind of like doing zombie things. Like zombies don't really have an agenda. They're just kind of like walking around, killing people, eating shit, super busy, but like nothing's being built. So yeah, I teach this concept of, you know, having a master list, having a zombie list, working during your peak performance. So I believe that every human, I don't believe this, this is scientifically proven. Humans have peak energy times. So if you sit down and you think to yourself, when is my peak hours? When am I full of the most amount of energy. What would you say? Morning. Yes, me too. So morning, literally I could be up. Doesn't even matter. It could be four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning, seven in the morning. Doesn't matter when I'm up, I'm up, I'm ready to go. And then right around one, doesn't matter what time I woke up right around one, not interested in really doing life anymore. It's just how I work. I take a lull between one and three to four. Then right around five, six until like midnight, I'm ready to go a hundred miles an hour again. So I have two. Most people have one. Everybody has one. Some people have two. So anyways, teaching individuals, first of all, where is your peak energy? Because everybody is different. 
Second of all, have two lists. Have a master list of all of the stuff that's super, super important, the things that have to get done in order to move you forward in your life. So you're taking a step up and forward, up and forward, up and forward. And then have another list of all the zombie stuff, the laundry, talking to your mom on the phone, taking the walk dog out for a walk, all the things that you can do with very little brain energy or function or spark. And then obviously it gets more nitty gritty. You want to have priorities in the master list. You want to have priorities in the zombie list of like what zombie thing is more important than the other zombie thing. And this way, when you are in your peak and you're sitting down at your desk, wherever you are in your life or drinking a cup of coffee, you're like, what am I going to do today? I'm ready to take on the world. You have one list to look at and just do something on that list that has a one next to it because that's high priority. When you start knocking off those ones, then you're feeling good about your life. The cool thing about having a master list is all the ones are written down. All the twos are written down. So at any given time, when you think that you're forgetting something, you're not because it's on the master list. So I teach a very high priority of writing everything down that's in your head, everything, anything and everything. It doesn't matter what it is. There's no way that you could possibly do that in your lifetime. If it is in your head, write it down on your master list and put it as a priority for, you know, like you were just kind of agreeing with me as far as having a million things in your head, just a million ideas in your head. You have to get those out of your head so that your mind can be a clean slate. Our minds are brilliant. They're bright. They're creative. And when we have all of these blocks and all of these files and all of these things to remember and just this heaviness on us of all the things to do, it can't be big and creative and expand because it's heavy with all this. So anything and everything that pops into your head, to-dos, conversations, work stuff, money stuff, relationship stuff, health stuff, things to buy, things to do, doesn't matter what it is, ideas pop into your head, write them down on your master list, pop up in your head, write it down on your master list, pop up in your head, write it down on your master list. And the more clear your mind is, the more fluidly you can work the more you trust yourself, because you're not forgetting anything, because everything's on your list, there's nothing to forget, less anxiety, less stress, and your day flows a lot better. Oh my gosh, I'm just vibing so high with everything you're saying. It just feels good to hear this because I feel like you have just given us all permission to acknowledge that we might not have energy all day, every day. In fact, we might not have energy from eight to five, Monday through Friday. We might have more energy on a Saturday. Like I notice when I wake up on a Saturday, even though it's just another day of the week, it feels different. And I like, I feel more free. And I don't know if it's because it's a work day and I do take weekends off. Like that was something that was really important to me when I started my business and decided that I was going to work for myself is that, okay, I need to have some boundaries around when I work because as I mentioned earlier, I used to work weekends, late nights. My, I had two cell phones, phone would ring in the middle of the night. It's, you know, a client in London and it's like, I have to, no, I can't, I can't, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> And I also love that to hear that you, you do give yourself a break in the middle of the day because you know that you're going to have a little bit lower energy, you know, between, I think you said like one and three or noon and three. 
And I'm the type of person that, and I think that I learned this growing up because this is what was modeled for me is that if I wasn't working, then I wasn't worthy. It was my way to feel good about myself to always be working. But we know that that's a recipe for burnout. And so it's something that I've kind of had to fight against in my life that, you know, I'm self-employed. So if I want to record a podcast at 9 p.m., I can do that. It doesn't have to be Monday through Friday, eight to five. And I have to remind myself that that's acceptable. And so there's so many things that I love about, about what you just shared and how we are all different in terms of when we have energy. And I, I wonder if you use this too. I have a, I use an iPhone. And so I use that notes app all the time to write down like stream of consciousness thoughts or, you know, I'll, when I read a book, I'll take notes about what I read in case I want to talk about it sometime or if I want to remember it. So I love the idea that we can, we can get everything out of our head and kind of get it on paper or wherever we like to take notes or whatever list we want to put it on so that we're free to, to expand. One of the things that I do with my master list is, like I said, anything and everything, I write everything down. And then what I have is similar to you, notes section. My notes section in my phone is, oh my God, I don't even, it's thousands. <laughs> it just goes forever. I'm very, I use my search bar a lot. Let's just say that. But in my notes section, I have a, a one that's titled Brilliant Ideas. So, you know, things that I jot down on my master list that maybe not going to do you right now, but just brilliant multi-million dollar idea. And I just jot it down on my brilliance idea list. I have a whole list of just like brilliance and it makes me feel good. Like I'll reread, I'll go down and it's just stuff that I just thought of. that's just like smart and just cool and an innovative. And it's a, a nice reminder to myself when I add to it to, to refresh myself. And these are the things that we keep in our head though. And then they're fleeting. And if you like never think of them ever again. And if you can get them down on paper, some, a lot of those things have come to fruition or they've helped me do other things where I thought of it a year ago. I'm looking at my list now and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I can implement this right now into yes. this thing that I'm doing. Yes. Or it could be your next book. All these brilliant ideas that you had, chapter one, chapter two. <laughs> I love that. So what is next for you, Sabrina? Like, what is a goal that you have for your company or for yourself? Yeah, 100. So her version, or I mean, her nation is, her version is my podcast. Her nation is the community that I am putting a ton of effort and time into right now. The vision that I have for her nation is bigger than anything that I will be able to do in my lifetime. I want to build out physical locations where I can take the females that I have done podcasts with. I've had over 400 women on my stage, on my podcast that are mentors, teachers, coaches, people who are just brilliant, people that just know stuff that I like, just don't know. 
and to give them an actual stage, to give them an actual place where other women can go or humans can go, all the humans can go and learn these new things. I wanna compete with universities. I wanna compete with churches on this concept of how to human better. I think that the word human is so much more powerful than we give it credit for. Like to be human is the greatest. And there is not enough emphasis on how to do it. Like how to actually human, how to do this thing of humaning. We put emphasis on math and science and history and, you know, fashion, but we still don't know how to communicate correctly to our children. So using these women, and when I say using, I mean the way that we should be using them to educate, to teach, to build out workshops in this house, in this physical dimension where people can come and they can sit and they can learn about a new subject, about a new thing that they didn't know before, take workshops on it and a real community that are striving for better, striving to do better, be better, feel better, and network and collaborate with each other to rise. Oh, speak. That was my question. What does human better mean? And I get it now. And I feel that. I feel that so deeply because being human is it can be such a joy and it can be so difficult. And why not take hand with someone else and go there together instead of having to learn all of the hard ways of doing things? Why don't we just skip all that and go straight to the solution through collaboration, through togetherness? And I couldn't agree with you more about just learning how to be human. It's like we're not teaching these really important skills. How do we cope with our emotions? How do we manage our money? How do we create another stream of income? How can we be in a relationship that is awesome, where we are each person is elevated in the relationship instead of, you know, it's like, it's almost like, and I know that you were in a relationship with someone who was a narcissist, but we do have sort of this thread of narcissism in our culture that, and maybe it's being taught in some unconscious way or subconscious way, but coming together and sharing these powerful stories so that people can thrive in life. That's the answer. That's the way that we get through and out of the bad relationships, but create a life where it's like, and I always talk about abundance where, you know, abundance is our natural state. And it means that whether we're building the business, getting into the relationship, being a parent, we can have all of the things that we want and it can be easy. Exactly. Oh. Sabrina, what does wealth mean to you? Ooh, wealth is everything. I believe that wealth encompasses health. That's your physical, mental, and emotional. I believe that it encompasses your relationships. That's your family, friends, self-love, romance. I believe it encompasses your money, your career, your education, your joy. I think that to have real wealth is 
to step into your authentic self, to elevate in the areas that are important to you, and to shake off the stress and anxiety through learning to organize, structure your life. Mm. I love it. Thank you. What a beautiful definition of wealth. I want that. (laughs) And you know what? I want that for everyone. That to me is like the pinnacle and that we're all experiencing wealth together. And I believe that it's possible. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation, Sabrina. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story, your very authentic story. Where can our listeners find out more about you? I love to send people just to my website, sabrinavictoria.com. And when you go there, you'll get all the links to all of the other things. Awesome. (laughs) Good stuff. Any final words that you want to share before we say goodbye? Yeah, everything's going to be okay. Mm. That's my mantra for life. Anytime I'm in a pickle, anytime I'm in the middle of a struggle or a challenge, or I'm feeling that anxiety start to creep up inside of me, I just remind myself, whether it's out loud or internally, that everything's going to be okay. You've gone through a lot. You've done a lot. You can trust yourself, breathe, and everything's going to be okay. Yes. Sabrina, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Wealth Trifecta. If you loved this episode, please give it a five-star review and share it with your friends. Tune in again and find me on the socials at Holly Morph, where I share freebies, events, and inspiration. I always love to hear from my listeners, so please say hello. If you're looking for financial coaching, check out my website at financialimpact.com. Be sure to join my list and stay up to date with all my offerings, including private coaching, small group coaching, financial retreats, and more. Until we meet again, be healthy, be wealthy, and be happy.